0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: I'm Ashley Webster. I'm Kennedy. I'm Jason Chaffetz, and this is the Fox News Rundown.
2: Monday, September fourth, twenty twenty three, I'm Mike Emanuel. The crisis at our southern border remains a massive problem. And for those who live and represent our southern border, they're calling on lawmakers on Capitol Hill to take action immediately.
3: Congress needs to, you know, not just point fingers, but we need to get off the sidelines and really start implementing some things. A large part of that starts with the power of the purse.
0: I'm Dave Anthony. In recent months, the job market has slowed down a little while unemployment
4: and inflation have risen a bit. The risk of a severe recession isn't that big, but the risk of a kind of prolonged malaise recession, it's not deep, but it's long and painful, a la post-2008 kind of situation, that's what I
5: am looking at. And I'm Jimmy Fallon. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. The
2: crisis at our southern border is ongoing. Iowa Republican Governor Kim Reynolds calls it a disaster.
1: What is unhumanitarian is President Biden's unwillingness to address uh, the open border and the crisis that we're seeing at the southern border. It is unconscionable. Every state is a border state right now. It's not just Texas.
2: White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre insists the Biden administration is making unprecedented progress
4: the president has done more to secure the border and to deal with this issue of immigration than anybody else he really has june saw the
5: single largest month-to-month drop in lawful unlawful border crossing because of the policies this president put in place
2: meanwhile lieutenant chris olivares from the texas department of public safety calls that comment from the white house a joke
5: when I heard that I was shocked to actually
3: hear those type of comments again, you know, from our own government, from our leadership saying that they actually have done more. For the border, they have done more to slow the flow. that—that well, That is a blatant lie. That's a slap in the face to the American people. It's a slap in the face to first responders that are on the front lines every single day dealing with this border crisis.
2: And New Jersey Republican Congressman Jeff Van Drew is alarmed by the Biden administration's plan to move migrants from New York City to the Atlantic City, New Jersey airport. This is not just an Arizona
0: problem or a Texas problem or a California problem. This is a United States of America
5: problem.
2: For those who live and represent the border in texas the problem
3: is even more intense in june the numbers went down slightly uh for people coming over and giving themselves up but all that did was increase the amount of people that were trying to get away congressman
2: tony gonzalez is a texas republican
3: so in many cases it's been worse especially for ranchers and farmers that live in my district just last week one of my ranchers reached out to me and uh, shared a story how his tractor was stolen, and they were essentially on on pursuit to find this. I mean, it's just one nightmare after another. It continues to get worse. Uh, And the the Biden administration, they don't care two bits about anybody along the border, that's for sure.
2: What about the big-picture national security standpoint? Some sources report to as many as 149 individuals on the FBI's terror watch list have been encountered by Customs and Border Protection this year alone, and we still have a few months to go before that number stops growing, what has been done about this? And if nothing, do you have a plan for ensuring potentially dangerous people and terrorists cannot freely enter the United States?
3: Yeah, Mike, thank you. And, and, and that's, that's the part that really frustrates me. I spent 20 years in the military, in the intelligence community, five years in Iraq and Afghanistan. And there are people around the world that want to kill us. Uh, they, they hate Americans and they want to kill us. And this is one area that should unite us, should bring us all together. Wherever you fall on the the other part of the conversation on border security, keeping America safe should be one that brings us together. Unfortunately, this is an area where, again, the Biden administration has failed at. The folks on the terrorist watch list that are coming over, that number is increasing. Uh, I had a conversation with some professionals, and you know, one of the things I asked was, uh, you know, are we safe? I mean, do we know who these people are? Do we know where they're going? And I wasn't too excited about the answer I got. Essentially, mm-hmm. they were saying, well, the cartel isn't going to be, you know, the, the cartel is making a lot of money right now, so it would not be in the best interest for the cartel to smuggle someone with terrorist ties. And I'm thinking we're relying on the cartel in order to keep our border safe. Does not make any sense to me. It has to stop. Part of what I've done is uh, I think it starts by labeling uh, cartels as terrorist organizations. Now, I, I don't envision sending in SEAL Team 6 and, and doing all that kind of stuff. I'm envisioning you hit someone where it hurts the most and you take their finances away. You start doing some of that, and then all of a sudden you'll see a change at the border.
2: To your point, these cartels are making tons of money. How worried are you about the power they are gaining as more and more money is going in their pockets?
3: I'm very worried. I mean this is a this is a situation that is just getting out of control. Uh, once again, I, the last week I got briefed by the DA, and they they outlined a case to me where the cartel was trading thousands of pounds of fentanyl in exchange for arms, and they were able to to, to, to stop that uh, transaction from happening. But these are the dangers to it. It's not just what we see at the border. It's the fentanyl that's killing our kids. And the more the Biden administration does nothing, the more empowered they are and the more danger it is to the safety of the United States of America.
2: So in addition to the human trafficking aspect, there's also the flow of illegal drugs, which you touched on How big of a factor do you think that is in your district and districts around the country in terms of taking the lives of our young people?
3: It's absolutely saddening. Uh, Earlier this week or last week was uh, Overdose Awareness Day, and I had an event in San Antonio with a couple of parents that lost their children to fentanyl, and it seems as if more and more people have a story. You know, over 100,000 Americans impacted every year. This is an epidemic that's only growing. We saw it with opioids a few years ago. Now we see it with fentanyl. Uh, What's going to come next? I mean, we have to systematically change the way we approach things, and part of that is stopping it before it even gets to here. You know, Mm -hmm. we know the precursors to fentanyl are coming from China. They're going into Mexico. That's the route we need to stop. Uh, We need to stop them from even hitting... Uh, north america period If, if we wait to at the end it's too late
2: to that point i know you've had some conversations with some important figures like the president of guatemala what insight have you gained from leaders like this and their views about the u.s border crisis do they agree there's an issue
3: They do agree it's an issue. And in many cases, uh, the former president of Guatemala had called me and said, hey, look, Tony, you know, our borders are being overrun. Uh, We need help. And, And there's no one in the administration taking our call. Can you help? Thankfully, we were able to help connect some of those things. But uh, once again, this is the Biden administration's job. Where's the Secretary of State Blinken on this deal? Instead of traveling all over the world, he needs to travel to our backyard and build out some of these relationships with these countries instead of just turning a blind eye and and waiting for the death to occur with these fentanyls. The other part to it, they're asking for partners. There's so many Central and South South American countries that are asking for the United States' leadership. There's been a complete void by this administration. Also, Congress has a role to play as well. You know, Mm -hmm. Congress needs to, you know, not just point fingers, but we need to get off the sidelines and really start implementing some things. A large part of that starts with the power of the purse.
2: About Congress's role, um, I think people in Washington get hung up when you talk about comprehensive immigration reform, because I think some people on your side of the aisle worry about it's going to be a bunch of stuff that maybe they don't want. Are there some common sense things that can be done on Capitol Hill with a Republican House and a Democratic Senate that you think would be helpful in your district and on these, at these various border districts?
3: I do, Mike. And, and you know, a district like mine, uh, two-thirds of the Texas-Mexico border, 42 percent of the overall southern border. I don't just have the luxury of just uh, pointing fingers and it's somebody else's fault. You know, people in my district—they want the, the nightmare to end, and, and doesn't matter whose fault it is, just just fix it. And, and there are some solutions. I think one, you have to take some of the contentious issues off the table. Uh, just you can't you can't discuss them, or it just immediately derails a topic are they important yes but uh in my eyes you start with work visas uh not pathway to citizenship not deportation you start with work visas people that want to come over here to work nothing else they can't have access to voting they can't have access to social services but they can have access to a job and oh by the way in the united states we have a huge vacancies Uh, in labor shortages across industries. So I think it's a win-win situation, but it takes political courage in order to get over the finish line.
2: It feels like border security has become a bit of a partisan issue with Republicans really focusing on the border. Do you believe this should be a partisan issue? And why do you think it has become one when a top priority is, of course, protecting the American people?
3: You know, it shouldn't be a partisan issue, but it it seems as if the country has gone more and more into their tribes and their corners. And, you know, Republicans also, you know, we demonize a a lot of different folks on it. I, I get that aspect of it. But the part that I always try to relay is we're all Americans and how do we protect America? Part of that is making sure we have a safe, secure border and we know who's coming into our country. And the other part of it, too, is right now, nine out of 10 people seeking asylum will not qualify for asylum. So stop Mm -hmm. sending them down that route. You know, if they don't Mm -hmm. qualify for asylum, you don't bust them to Chicago or Los Angeles or New York. You get their day in court, you know, within days, and then you fly them back to their country of origin and you offer a different route, you know, once again, an economic route. Uh, through work visas, I think you you do some of these things, and you alleviate the stress. You keep our country safe. You do it in a manner that's honorable and you know humanitarian focus. But you know the presidency certainly lacks political will, and then Congress is, is broken in so many ways. But I do think there's an opportunity now more than ever because every state is a border state.
2: You've been home for the August recess, probably meeting with many many of your constituents. I'm curious what they're telling you about the economy right now. We've seen all kinds of inflation, and I'm wondering how that is hitting people there in the southern border of Texas.
3: My district is, is not a wealthy district. A lot of blue collar workers, and they're getting crushed. Uh, our, my constituents many times live in rural communities where they have to drive 40, 50 miles one way to get to work. So whether it's gas, whether it's the price of food, whether it's just utility bills, Everything is increasing and their pay isn't keeping up to that standard, to that level. This is an area where House Republicans need to lead on. If if we're talking about the economy and we're finding real tangible solutions to help people, we're going to be very successful in 2024 politically. If we go down this sidetrack and shiny object and get pulled on it and it's just politics – you know, most people, I don't think we'll be as successful. Most people are just trying to live their lives. They want to be safe. They want to be healthy. They want to be mm-hmm. prosperous. And the Biden economics are crushing them.
2: When you guys come back into session, uh, obviously government funding is going to be a big issue. Do you expect to get some kind of deal to at least keep the government running through, I don't know, the fall into December? Or, or what's your anticipation when you've returned to session?
3: Yeah, Mike, it's going to be a knife fight. I, I sit on the House Appropriations Committee and, and I'm proud of the uh, the House bills, the very conservative House Republican bills that we pass out of committee. I'd like to see those bills come to the floor and get passed mm-hmm. uh, so that way we can fund the government. I am 100% against a continuing resolution. Whether that continuing resolution is one hour, one day, one week, one year, I'm against that because I think mm-hmm. I'm of the mindset Lock everybody in the room and no I'm Catholic. Lock everybody in the room and nobody comes out until there's white smoke. Too much time. <laughs> you see you see folks just punt the ball down the field and wait to the very end. No, no, let's draw a line in the sand and let's get to it now. Pass a conservative budget that, that tackles some of these issues. No more continuing resolutions.
2: All right. Well we will be watching a Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, grateful for your time today. I wish you a wonderful week and of course safe travel,
3: sir. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you.
4: Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and
5: watch directly on Outkick.com forward slash watch. This is Jimmy Fallon with your Fox News commentary coming up. It's
0: Labor Day, the perfect time to talk about the job market. After Friday's update showing a better than expected 187,000 jobs created in August, but hiring in June and July was revised down as the unemployment rate crept up to 3.8%. President Biden's reaction? We've recovered all the jobs lost during the pandemic. We've added a million more new jobs. More than 700,000 people joined the labor force last month, which means the highest share of working-age Americans are in the workforce now than at any time in the past 20 years. And the unemployment
4: rates rise from 3.5 percent? Surprised some. The good news on that was that was being driven by people coming off the sidelines into the workforce. Labor participation rate went up. Brian Brenberg is co-host of The Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network. The challenging part of that is about two-thirds of those people coming off the sidelines were unemployed. So that's why the rate went up to 3.8%. So not a bad number by itself, but the beginning possibly of a trend that gets your attention. All right, let's let's
0: go into that a little deeper. There are two different things in these job reports, two different things entirely. You have 187,000 jobs. That's an estimate created. The Labor Department, that's hiring. Yep. It's a completely separate thing altogether, how they come up with the unemployment rate. That's a survey of Americans. That's right. And if you haven't looked for a job and you don't have a job, and this is, what is it, six months or whatever it is you haven't looked, you're not even
4: counted. That's right. Unemployed doesn't mean you don't have a job. To be unemployed, you have to not have a job and be looking for a job. So what's happening right now is, You've had a lot of people on the sidelines, not working. But they what are they doing?
0: They weren't looking for work either. While I, can they be? Can they be like contractors or doing
4: something on the side
0: still making no, no, money? No, no,
4: no. You, you've got to be out of the labor force so these guys are out of the labor force and during the pandemic your ability to do that was aided by all the pandemic stimulus benefits aid benefits etc so you had folks on the sidelines maybe living off savings living off those benefits or maybe selling stuff on ebay you know selling you know (laughs) maybe doing some under table but the point is now what they're saying is you know what I need to get a job and I'm telling you I'm looking for a job. I don't have one yet. Yeah. And that's what's feeding into that unemployment rate number that's ticking up. It's healthy ultimately to have people coming off the sidelines. That's good. For a long time we've been saying the participation rates too low. But now there's this question of okay, well they're coming back, are they going to be able to find the jobs and it the situation seems to be pretty good right now, but the situation is changing and the question is how fast is that going to change.
0: We've been told for a couple of years now there were more job openings than people to fill them.
4: Still are. Now, but
0: is that there is a little bit of a, a shrinking of the gap,
4: right? That's right. Yeah, so we've come off the we were talking, you know, earlier this year 10, 11 million job openings out there. We're down now south of 9 million okay. into the eights. That's okay. still a good number. That's still like one and a half for everybody looking for a job. Are those jobs
0: filled, or are those jobs companies don't want to hire anymore? Do they, do they? I uh, forget that job anymore. We don't no,
4: need... I, th- it looks like their companies pulling jobs off the market because mm-hmm. they're kind of looking ahead and they're saying, okay, what are our prospects? Mm-hmm. Um, what are consumers doing right mm-hmm. now? Do we feel like we can pay for right. these jobs? How's the economy? How's the e- I, so, I when you, so you look at that number, and it's kind of a little bit of a forward read from employers, from businesses, on how they're feeling. And again, you know, they still got a lot of jobs out there. That's a high number historically, but the rate of it coming down. So we're talking about rates here. Everything's about rate. (laughs) The rate of increase in the unemployment rate, the rate of decrease in those job openings. None of those numbers are bad in and of themselves, but where they're moving and how fast is the thing you want to be looking at. Speaking of rate, for the
0: last couple of months, including this one, average hourly earnings... Have been higher mm-hmm. than annual inflation. Y- yes, that, lately that has to be a good
4: thing. Well, it it's a it good. It sounds like a good. It thing. It is, but you know, everything seems to have two sides to it. It's it's a good thing for a worker. What president
0: was the one who wanted a one armed economist? I right.
4: he didn't want to have on the other <laughs> on hand. On the one hand, on right. the other <laughs> <It's> hand, what's <laughs> true? <laughs> is that Truman? Maybe <laughs> it's true. They probably all do right. Uh, what's interesting is, yes, I mean, we need wage gains. We've had inflation outpacing wages for the better part of two and a half years so it's great that we've we're seeing that reverse the challenge is in this environment where you've got a federal reserve that's trying to figure out do we have to crank up interest rates more to bring down inflation mm-hmm. they see that hotter wage number and they say mm, could that start to be the catalyst for more inflation going forward right this yeah. kind of wage-price spiral that people talk
0: about. We're already at a 22-year high for interest rates. Mortgage rates are up over 7%. They came down a little bit recently, but they're still over 7% for a 30-year rate. 22-year high. Housing's important. I know that's not a nationwide market. That's always regional. But still, this is a tough time to navigate exactly what's going to happen next.
4: Uh, The housing market is maybe the toughest thing of all to me because you've got this kind of simultaneous interest rates going way up beyond what people have gotten used to, at right, least. right? And you've got housing prices that are still so high. So anybody wanting to buy a home right now is just sort of banging their head against the wall saying, why me and why now? <laughs> right. but, but that matters because you've got that dynamic. The rates are hitting auto loans now as well. So if you want to get into a new car, you're dealing with higher interest rates. I mean, the average car payment for a new car now is north of $700 a month. And loans are like seven and eight years now. Seven and eight years. The interest rate, I think the average interest rate on those is over 9%. So here's what that means. This this is the squeeze on the consumer. Now you want to go back to the jobs numbers and talk about employers and, and open positions and are they hiring? They're looking at that consumer and they're seeing what that consumer's doing And they're getting nervous about that squeeze because that consumer has been plowing ahead and keeping this economy afloat, but they are looking stressed. The savings rate for people.
0: Has been going down and down and down. It's, what, three and a half percent,
4: something like that? It's down. You couple it with things like more Bank of America saying more people dipping into their 401k to make ends meet. Of course, we talk all the time about credit card balances at record highs. So, again... The consumer has been amazing because amidst all of that happening they 've still been spending, but you you watch the balances go up on the on the debt, you watch them digging in now into these savings pools, and you just know you don 't know when, but you know that that can 't last and what a lot of people have been pointing to is kind of an x factor now. Are these student loan payments yeah. restarting?
0: Yeah, interest rates started accruing as we yeah. got into
4: September. Yes. And then
0: October is when I believe
4: the payments. You gotta are start due. making the payments. Yeah. So so yeah, take everything we've talked about, add that on top, and, and that's where people see uh-oh, could that be the real breakage here? You know, we talk about wanting a soft landing out of all this inflation, and that would be great. That's what the Fed's aiming for. But a soft landing can get really rocky really fast if all of these factors hit the consumer at once. And, and we don't know the answer to that, but I, I think it's a non-zero probability that things could kind of move quickly in terms of consumer deterioration here.
0: We have heard the R word of recession for a yeah.
4: couple of years
0: now after COVID. Like when gas hit five bucks a gallon yeah. last year, people were like, well... We're going to go into a recession. We had economic growth for a couple of months that were a couple of quarters that were a little bit negative, but then we bounced positive again. Yeah. We haven't really gone into a severe
4: recession. Yeah. Do you think we're going to? Well, you know. Part of it is we had those two quarters of negative growth last year, and they didn't call it a recession. Some tried to because, well, the definition is muddy. It's it depends on who you want to like. You got your rule of thumb. Yeah. You got the guys who make the call, but they, the rule of thumb. We kind of hit the rule of thumb measure, and everyone said so that looks like a recession. To me, the the question always was when do all these benefits really start to wear off for people, because I think that's driving the spending that kept things afloat. So we've had long predicted recession. You know, to me, the the risk of a severe recession isn't that big, but the risk of a kind of prolonged malaise recession, it's not deep, but it's long and painful, a la post-2008 kind of situation, that's what I am looking at and looking for. And I do think when, if the student loan repayment thing really does happen, in other words, if the administration doesn't find a way to soft-pedal it, I do think that could really be a catalyst for these numbers dropping. But again, I've been in the camp of people who have seen this coming for a long time, so you might, you might look at what I'm saying and take it with a grain of salt. I want to talk about one
0: more thing post-COVID. And that is just the, the, the jobs that a lot of people have. You know, a lot of Americans stayed home for a while because of yeah. COVID, and some still work remotely, some have a hybrid schedule. You know, in the tech world, they're trying to get people back to the office. I know Amazon's CEO is battling with his workers on sure this is. issue. Do you think we'll ever get back to the five days a week for most Americans who have these kinds of
4: jobs? We, we've made a permanent shift in my view. I don't think we're going to have five days a week like we did before the pandemic. Okay. And one of the big businesses want workers in because they know there's a benefit of people being together in the room together. That's where a lot of the creativity happens. Right. It's also, frankly, a little bit easier to keep people on task. I think let's be honest. I can't do my laundry in the laundry. I can't walk the dog. I can't do unless you've got a great office. (laughs) Right. But at the same time, companies are realizing the benefits of being able to shrink their real estate footprint. And that saves them money. Yeah. You, you, you actually pass the cost on to your workers when they office out of their home. So, no, I don't think we're going back to five days like we knew. But I do think the pendulum is going to be swinging back here because um, especially as companies reduce their expectations for how many workers they need, the power shifting back to companies. You can see that right now because they're making demands now that they weren't making two years ago. Yeah, right. Two years ago, Amazon wasn't saying – Either get back in the office or we'll see you later.
0: All right, again, 1 to 2 p.m. weekdays on the Fox Business Network, The Big Money Show, co-host Brian Brenberg. Thanks very much for joining you bet. us.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: a look at the week ahead. Monday marks the unofficial end of summer as Americans celebrate Labor Day. Tuesday, former Trump White House economic advisor Peter Navarro faces trial for a contempt of Congress charge. He was charged after failing to answer a subpoena from the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th Capitol violence. Wednesday, arraignments begin in Fulton County, Georgia, for the 19 defendants accused of trying to overturn the state's 2020 presidential election results. Former President Trump has waived his arraignment appearance and pleaded not guilty. Thursday, President Biden will be departing Washington to attend the G20 Leader Summit in India. The three-day summit is expected to focus on the Ukraine war and climate change. Friday is the first launch window for Virgin Galactic's fourth spaceflight, with three customers who are among the earliest to reserve space on the suborbital. Flight and Florida's Supreme Court will hear arguments on a case challenging the state's ban on abortions at 15 weeks. That's a look at your week ahead. I'm Rich Denison, Fox News.
6: Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at FoxBusinessPodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen.
5: It's time for your Fox
3: News commentary.
5: Jimmy Thala. What's on your mind? Labor Day became a national holiday in 1894 which is the same year Joe Biden was born. I'm just kidding. I'm pretty sure he's older than that. It was started by labor unions who wanted to celebrate workers with a day off from all the long shifts they were putting in. Yeah, back then, most people had jobs that required them to work for a living because it was still hard to get elected to Congress. Today, we've got all kinds of lazy politicians, and if we're being honest, the workers aren't much better. Every time you open up the Internet, there's a new trend about ways to slack off on the job. For instance, quiet quitting is when you're fully employed but you're not trying at all, like not even a little. I'm pretty sure this is what they're doing on the New York Mets. There's also a trend called loud laboring, which is the art of doing nothing but talking nonstop about just how much you're accomplishing so people think you're killing it in life. This is pretty much everyone on Instagram. Then there's the 20% of the country that's not coming into the office at all because they're still trying to milk their COVID lifestyle for all it's worth. Don't get me wrong, I like day drinking in my pajamas as much as the next guy, but at some point you gotta put on pants, leave the house, and take some pride in yourself. I say that because everybody knows a guy who let himself go during the lockdowns and still hasn't turned it around. And if you don't, it's because it's you. So my advice this Labor Day is to celebrate your work if you're actually doing it, or get going if you're not. There's a dignity that comes from holding yourself to a higher standard that's going extinct in our society at scary speeds. You can see it every time you walk down the street and see another able-bodied person panhandling for cash. Now, I know some of that is the terrible scourge of drug addiction, but it's the addiction to laziness that's ruining most people. And it's happening because the smartphone is tricking everyone into feeling like the most important person in the world by only showing them news articles they agree with, social media videos they like, and nonstop advertising for products they were just talking about five minutes earlier. But don't worry, the phones aren't spying on you at all. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But we play along with all of this because all of these products can be delivered right to our doors, making life more convenient than ever, yet the world has never felt less happy than it does right now. One of the main reasons why is you enjoy things in life a whole lot more if you have to go out and work for them. So happy Labor Day, not just to the adults, but to all the kids going back to school, whether they're in red states learning math with timetables and flashcards, or they're in blue states learning math by tipping a drag queen named Cinnabons. The point is, it's time for everyone to start making the type of effort that gets the job done for all of us. Be sure to listen to Fox Across America with me, Jimmy Fallon, weekdays from noon to 3 on the Fox News app and foxacrossamerica.com.
6: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast.
4: Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.
5: I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at guybensonshow.com.